Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. The truth will what? The truth will what? So there, that's, that's true. Truth has the power to set you free. There is freedom in truth, but it's not just truth by itself. It is truth that is known. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You've got to own the truth. You've got to make it your own. The Bible says in the book of Hosea, it says, my people are destroyed for their lack of what? Knowledge. What you do not know will hurt you. There are things through Scripture where God shows us who he is. There are things through Scripture where God shows us who we are, and it is important for us to know those things so that we can walk in freedom. I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person that does mental Olympics all the time. And if I don't know the truth, I will get myself into a lot of trouble. And this week, as I was doing a a mental exercise mostly because I don't do physical exercise. Uh, As I was doing a mental exercise, I was praying. And I started just kind of sharing my heart with God and and was just basically talking through some things. Anybody do that when you pray? You understand that that's what prayer is all about. It's about you sharing your heart with God, your thoughts, your desires, your questions, your doubts, your fears. See, many of us don't understand what prayer is, and because of that, we shy away from it. We think that there's some kind of formula that we've we got to follow. We think there's some kind of, you know, words that we have to use to get God's attention, and that's not the case. He wants to just hear your heart, and he actually knows what you need before you even ask. So this is just like a conversation between you and God, like it would be between you and any other person. That's prayer in its simplest form. And so I'm sharing with God as I'm in the carpool line, taking my daughter to school, and this thought hits me. The thought was this, you were built to be who you were called to become. You were built to be who you were called to become. That's the truth that I want you to take hold of today. That's the truth that I want you to know today. That's the truth that I want you to walk away with today. And we're going to be looking at Joshua, the first chapter, starting in verse 1, and we're going to go through this text and see how Joshua is having to wrestle with that same question of who am I supposed to be? Do I have what it takes? That's a question that I ask myself all the time. Anybody honest enough to say you've asked yourself that question, like, do I have what it takes? You get married and you think, do I have what it takes to be a husband? You have kids, and you think, do I have what it takes to be a parent? And let me tell you something. No amount of book reading that you do will prepare you to be a parent. I love these people that have never had kids had kids yet, but they've read the books, and they think that they're the pros. You know, and then you're out at a restaurant, and kids are going crazy, and they're like, well, when we have kids, trust me, you have no idea you are about to learn a really amazing lesson once you actually have kids of your own. But it will cause you to ask things like, do I have what it takes? So Joshua, the first chapter, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' 
assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. I want to read verse 2 again, where he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Moses is gone, but you've got to keep on moving. You know, life is made up of seasons and cycles. And there will be seasons that you go from into a new season that you will celebrate. For instance, graduation. Graduation is something that we celebrate. Marriage is something that we celebrate. Marriage is the end of one season and the beginning of something new. It's a moment to celebrate. But there are also seasons that we go through in life where we mourn. We go through painful moments. And we should learn that it is wonderful to celebrate, but it is also healthy to mourn. See, some people only want to be happy all the time. And that's wonderful to be happy about the happy things, but we need to learn how to mourn in a healthy way also. And the key is, no matter what the season is, and if you're celebrating, celebrate. If you're mourning, mourning, mourn, but keep on moving. That's, that's so important. Because if you get stuck in the celebration or if you get stuck in the morning and you don't keep on moving, your life is going to get stuck. And so God says, Moses, my servant, the one that I used, he's gone. And this is painful, Joshua, because I know that you loved Moses. I know that you served Moses. I know that you honored Moses. And although you can mourn his passing, you've got to keep on moving. Now, therefore, arise. Don't stay stuck in this moment. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't stay stuck in this moment. There is always more for you beyond this moment. Your life is not defined by this moment. As a matter of fact, I thought about it this morning that your life is not defined by your weakness. Your life will be defined by what you do with your weakness. Some will allow weakness to bring them down. Others will allow their weakness to propel them. There is more beyond this moment. No matter how painful your moment may be, there is more. The series we've been in is the past and the promise. We all have a past, but we also have a promise. There is something that I can and should look forward to. Moses is gone, but Joshua, get up, start moving, because there's something I want to do beyond Moses. Verse 3 says, every place, every place. Turn to the person next to you and say, every place. That the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. That's a verse that changed my life forever. I don't have time to, to go through the story, but this verse and this collection of verses is something that changed me forever. God says, Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness of this Lebanon, and as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. 
No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's an important one. Because there are going to be some things and some people that will try to stand against you. God is not saying there will not be problems. God is not saying there will not be opposition. What he is saying is when the opposition comes, it will not be able to stand. As long as you are walking within the purpose and remaining within the territory that he has given to you. Every, someone say every, every place. See, I, I, I claim that for me in this church. Because I serve a God that's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to everlasting life. So I'm going to claim that as long as I'm living, everywhere that I step belongs to the kingdom of God. Every person that I come into contact with belongs to the kingdom of God. If you're in my family, you belong to the kingdom of God. If you're my friend, you belong to the kingdom of God. If I pass you at the grocery store, you belong to the kingdom of God. And I need to think that way and I need to pray that way. God, I thank you for giving me this territory. I thank you for giving me this land. I thank you for saving my friends. I thank you for saving my family. God, I thank you for bringing healing to their life. This belongs to me. You need that attitude. Because the enemy will come. And the enemy will try to say, well, that's mine. That marriage, that's mine. Those kids, they're mine. And you've got to stand your ground and say, get the hell out of here. This is my territory. Every place my foot steps, I am walking in victory. It may not always look victorious. It may not always feel victorious. But I know that I'm not living based upon my feelings or what I see. I'm walking in faith. And every step I take, every step I take is the territory that God has given to me. This city belongs to the kingdom of God. This nation belongs to the kingdom of God. And Activation Church has been placed here for this moment in time to bring a revelation of who God is to the people, that he is a good God, that he loves you, he wants to bless you, he wants to increase you, he wants to move you forward and not pull you back. So many of us have a wrong idea of who God is based upon stories that we've heard. You need to forget the stories you've heard. You need to get into the word of God and allow him to paint a picture on the canvas of your heart of who he is and what he has said belongs to you. Because if God says it is yours, it is yours. And no weapon formed against you can prosper. And if God is for you, no one can be against you. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Victory is in your bloodline. Well, Pastor, uh, you, you don't know nothing about my family story. Here's how, how it worked. My granddaddy, you know, he was uh, this way. And new, let me tell you something. If you come into Christ, you're a new creation. That blood does not belong to you anymore. You, I don't know you. You're brand new here, sister, sitting there on the green top. Yeah, the stuff that happened in your past, that doesn't belong to you. In Christ, you're a new creation. You've got a new bloodline. You've got a new DNA. You are loved by God. You are called by God. You are chosen for a purpose. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're here for a reason. So he says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses. 
Then let's go to verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Somebody say, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Get this. You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Here's his closing line in verse 9 for this portion of our text. Have I not commanded you? Have I not said it to you over and over and over again? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is a big day in Joshua's life. Moses, his friend and mentor, is now gone. And Moses was the man. This is the guy who met on the mountain with God. This is the man who received the Ten Commandments. This is the guy who brought Israel out of bondage. This is the guy who raised his staff and saw the Red Sea split. Moses was a big deal. Moses was important to the people of Israel. As a matter of fact, he was so important to Israel that when he dies, God hides his body. Did you know that? The reason God hides his body is because he knows if they find Moses' body, they'll set up a memorial and start worshiping Moses because people are just stupid like that. We are crazy. Okay, is it okay for us just to admit we are crazy? I mean, God brings them out of, out of Egypt and bondage and slavery, and they go, here's the God that, that saved us. It's a golden calf, you know. So they, he knows. God's like, I've got to get rid of Moses altogether because Moses was a big deal. And now Joshua is hearing that you're the one who's going to take his place. And Moses is a tough act to follow. I used to be in a band. And when you had an opening act, you wanted them to be, like, good enough to draw a crowd and good enough to entertain the people. But you did not want them to be so good that nobody wanted to see you play. <laughs> That's Moses. Moses set the bar very, very high. And I think that's why God continuously says over and over again, Joshua, you've got to be strong. You've got to be bold. You can't get discouraged. You've got to know that I am with you. Yeah, Moses was great. Moses did some great things. But just like I was with Moses, I am going to be with you. God is telling Joshua this because he knows that Joshua's going to have some doubts. He knows that Joshua is going to have to wrestle with his insecurities, and he knows he's going to have to wrestle with the opinions of the people. And I don't know what's worse, dealing with your own insecurities or the opinions of the people, because everybody has an opinion. Well, Moses did it this way. Moses didn't have a fog machine in his church. 
Moses, Moses didn't put Jimmy's bass in, in the subwoofer so loud. <laughs> Remember when Moses was here? It was just completely, oh, God, Moses was just the man. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion, right? My, my aunt would say opinions are like belly buttons. That they, everybody's got one and they're all full of junk, right? <laughs> but this is, I'm wanting you to see what Joshua's going through. Not only is he mourning the loss of his beloved friend and mentor, now he's having to wrestle with the insecurities of can I live up to who Moses has been? Can I really lead this people? Do I have, God, do I have what it takes to be the man to take them where they need to be? Do I have tough enough skin to deal with their opinions so that when they criticize me, when they want to kill me like they wanted to kill Moses, like how am I going to handle all of this? And I can really empathize with Joshua because I have stepped into multiple seasons of my life that I did not feel prepared for or qualified for. I don't know if you ever have. But here's what I've learned. I can never allow my insecurities to be greater than my faith. I can't allow my insecurities to be greater than my faith. Do I have insecurities? Absolutely. But I have learned through time that God is faithful. And I have always seen him be faithful. I've seen him show up in the midst of times that I thought this is impossible. There's no way this is going to work. And God shows up. And you've got to continuously remind yourself of that, that God is faithful. No matter the season, no matter what I'm going through, God is faithful. And then here's the key. If you'll just show up, God will do the rest. But you've got to keep on showing up. Every day you've got to show up to the place you've been called to be. And you've got to know that you were built to be who God created you to become. You were built to be who God created you to become. As a matter of fact, everything that you need for life and godliness has already been placed inside of you. The, the reason that most of us don't understand this is because we get so wrapped up in our feelings, we get so wrapped up in our insecurities, we get so wrapped up in comparing ourselves to Moses who went before us and what Moses accomplished. And God is wanting you to hear today that, yes, Moses was great, he was with Moses, but he's going to be with you as well. So stop comparing yourself to Moses. Stop comparing yourself to those that you consider to be a hero. Listen, there are people that have gone before me that I love, I celebrate, and I honor, but I cannot compare my life nor my journey to their life and their journey. See, God says, just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. What he does not say is, just the same way Moses was, you will be. The promise was his presence. He didn't need Joshua to be Moses. He needed Joshua to be Joshua. Moses had his own insecurities to wrestle with. Now Joshua's got to wrestle with his insecurities and realize that if God has called me to this thing, then he's already prepared me for it. And I can't get so caught up in my feelings and my insecurities that I miss who it is that he wants me to be. Can you turn to the person next to you and say, you were built to be who you were created to become. 
You were built to be who you were created to become. That is something that we need to take a hold of. And if you want to see God show up in your life, instead of looking at Moses and comparing yourself to Moses, start looking at the God who filled Moses and the God who used Moses because he's the same God that will use you. He's the same God that will use you. And what I love about God is he doesn't speak to our feelings. He speaks to our potential. I've uh, learned with God in my short stint here on this earth that when I complain and moan and groan about my feelings, I don't get much. He'll allow me to get it all out of my system and then he'll say things like, you were created to be who I've called you to become. Almost like, put your big boy pants on and go do what I've called you to do. You are called, you are chosen. He doesn't speak to your feelings. He speaks to your potential. When I was growing up, my dad would always push me into situations that made me feel uncomfortable. He did it in my musical life. He did it in ministry. He did it in my personal life. He was just always pushing me into things that I said, I would say, I'm not ready for this. But he would push me, push me, push me. He would push me into it. And I didn't know it then. I I just thought that dad liked to see me uncomfortable. I thought he liked to see me squirm. I remember uh, on Wednesday nights, he would always have the youth hold the offering plates. And then he would have one of the youth pray over the offering. And I was so nervous to speak in front of people that if I was asked to, I would just break out and laugh uncontrollably. And I have one of these laughs that, like, once it gets going, it doesn't stop. And it's got, like, this thing to it. Well, my brother knew that's how I was. My dad knew that I was uncomfortable. So one Wednesday night, I'm up there with the offering plate. And dad says, I'm going to have one of our young people pray over the offering. My older brother, Alan, said, have Arm do it. So dad hands me the microphone. And this is not a small church. When I was a kid, we had 3,000 members at this church. This was a big church. And now I've got the microphone. And as soon as the microphone hits my, my, my hand, I go, <laughs> and lose it. But see, dad never allowed me to back away from those things. He was always pushing me into them. And what I realized is he was not trying to make me uncomfortable for the sake of being uncomfortable. He was trying to show me what I was made of. He was trying to show me what I could handle. He was trying to show me that if you'll just show up in the midst of the thing that you are fearful of, you'll see God use you in a mighty and a powerful way. And everything that he pushed me into in my life, I now see success in. Why? Because he was looking at the potential and not my feelings. That's what God does. He sees your potential and that's who he speaks to. He does not speak to who you are right now in your own eyes. That's why he'll come to someone like Noah and say, you're an ark maker. Noah's never built an ark before. And there's no YouTube video, Sean. It's not like you can hop on YouTube and like, I'll just watch a YouTube video. No, 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 no. He's never done this before, Paul. But you're an art maker. Why? Because that's who I created you to be. Before the foundations of the world, I decided there would be a Noah and that Noah would build an ark. He comes to Abraham. 
and calls Abraham the father of many nations. You know how many children Abraham had? Zero. Zero. But God wasn't speaking to who he was. He was speaking to who he created him to be. He comes to David as a boy and says, you are king. Well, David was a shepherd. He wasn't a king. Why? Because God speaks to who is inside of you, not how you feel or, or what you see in the moment. That's why the Bible can say you are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. It's not because all of our actions seem righteous. It's not because every day I wake up, I have a halo on my head and flow it out of bed and get showered by the Holy Ghost. I'm a man. I mess up. I make mistakes. I have attitude problems that need attitude adjustments from time to time. I know, I know it's hard for you to believe that I am, I am not the perfect supreme one. I know it's difficult. And if you're new here, you're like, ah, I need to find a church where the pastor's perfect. This isn't it. <laughs> this is not it. This is not it. I'm not that. But still, God says, you are my righteousness. Why? Because he's speaking to what he placed inside of me. You are called. You are chosen. And he continues to speak into that, and he continues to pull us into things that make us uncomfortable so that we can see that, you know what? I really am built for this. I really do have what it takes. And if God is for me, then no one can be against me. I'm going to take the territory. And that's where confidence comes in. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is in his presence. God tells Joshua, you don't have to be fearful and you can be strong because I will be with you. You, you don't have to rely on your wisdom you don't have to rely on your intellect. You don't have to rely on your education or lack thereof, which I'm so thankful that God goes beyond our natural limitations. He's saying you don't have to rely on any of that stuff. You know what you need to rely on? I'm with you. And over and over again, if you go through Scripture and you see the stories of people that did great things, it's not because they in and of themselves were great. It's because they knew God. And they knew that God was with them. And so they could walk into any situation knowing, if God is here with me, I am going to win. As a matter of fact, it's not even a fair fight. Did you know that? The fight you are in, the struggle you're dealing with that, that so consumes us and overwhelms us, I know it's challenging, I know it's painful, but it's not a fair fight fight if you'll just keep on showing up knowing that God is with you in your weakness he's there in your mistake he's there to help you to pull you out to bring you through it God is with you and that's the confidence that you can have that if God is with me then nothing and no one can stand against me you were built for this you can handle it. And not only will you survive it, I believe that through the power of God, you can thrive in that place that you are in right now. Do you believe it? God speaks to your potential, not your feelings. You can have confidence because he is with you. And the greatest enemy you will ever face in your life is not the enemy that comes from out there. 
The greatest enemy that you will have to wrestle with in your life is the enemy right in here. The enemy that knows your thoughts because it is your thoughts. The enemy that knows your actions because it's the one that motivated your actions. And if you can ever learn to shut this thing down so that he can live in you. If you can ever allow him to step in and renew your mind, when you mess up, allow him to renew your mind. When you fall short, allow him to renew your mind. Don't allow what you have gone through or what is happening to trap you. If you can ever allow to deal with this thing, and understand this, that your carnal mind, the Bible says, is the enemy of God. This thing does not like God. It never will like God. And this thing will never understand God. And this thing will try to destroy you. This thing will try to fill all kinds of lies in your mind. It will try to give you all kinds of deception. And if you live your life guided by this, you're always going to live in fear and torment. That's why you've got to have this renewed. That's why the mind of Christ has to come inside of you. Because if you can change the way you think, you can change your life. If you can change the way you think, you can change your life. What do I want you to know today? You're built for this. What's this? Whatever it is. Whatever it is that you have been called to, you were built for. There's a process. You don't just wake up one morning perfect. There's a process. You need, you need to go a little bit easier on yourself. Okay? Because what I've learned is in life there's ups and downs. There's times where you feel like you're really, really close to God, and then there's times you think, where are you, God? Do you love me? I've heard that you love me, but do you really love You're going to have those moments. You're going to have mountaintops and you're going to have valleys. And you've got to know that he is with you in the midst of all of it. And he doesn't change. Let's pray. Father, for every person in this room that is wrestling with an insecurity, wrestling with fear, wrestling with doubt, God, whatever it is that is consuming them today, God, I'm asking that you would touch them. God, I'm asking that you would help them. Lord, I'm asking that you would bring them into the victory you've called them to. Lord, help us all to understand that we are built for this. And God, we know there's going to be seasons of mourning. We know there's going to be seasons of celebration. But we'll never give up. We'll never back off because you are with us. And if you are with us, and you are for us, then nothing and no one can ever be against us. Would you stand with me? Before we leave this place today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you've been wrestling with something in your mind or your life, I want to come into agreement with you today. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't even matter if I'm aware of what it is. You know and God knows. And I believe that God can meet you right there in that moment. 
I believe that God can bring healing. I believe that God can bring restoration. So if that person is you, I'm just going to ask that you just lay your hand over your heart as a sign of your agreement. Father, you know the hearts and the thoughts of every single person that is in this place. And Lord, I'm asking that you would touch them right now. And I'm asking that you would meet them at the point of their need. God, we're asking today that you would do what only you can do. God, we're asking that you would bring freedom. We're asking that you would bring restoration. We're asking that you would bring the healing and the peace that we need in this moment, God. We declare that every chain is broken and everything that has tried to hinder us, everything that has tried to bind us, everything that has tried to hold us back is removed right now in the name of Jesus.